Welcome to the August 21st, 2018 edition of the Liberation Station radio show. I'm your host, Chris Steiner. Sorry for the little technical mess ups here, but uh, we're experimenting and uh, we're learning how to do new things and uh, everything looks like it's working smoothly. Well, tonight we have two guests for you. We have Kristen Camilla of USStemCellClinic.com to talk about an innovative and pioneering stem cell therapy that involves withdrawing and culturing one's own stem cells from uh, fat adipose tissue and reinfusing it. And we'll have her on, we have her on the line to explain that. And then later on in about a half hour, we'll have Brian Hooker on who is uh, so, so um, did such pioneering work that we can thank him for in forcing the CDC's scientist, Dr. William Thompson, in coming out and uh, exposing the information that he had been collecting secretly from the CDC of the connection between the autism and the autism uh, epidemic uh, we're seeing here is probably uh, uh, largely attributed to by a factor of uh, the MMR vaccine. So that was covered up by Dr. William Thompson, who is still working at the CDC, by the way under whistleblower protection and uh, thanks to Dr. Hooker, soon to be the guest here in a half hour, that was exposed in the documentary Vaxxed from cover up to catastrophe. You can see it, vaxxedthemovie.com. But without further ado, let's welcome to the airwaves, Kristen Camilla this evening. How are you, Kristen? Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for what you're doing, and uh, I'd like to hear what you have to say uh, about how this uh, stem cell therapy works, who it benefits, and what the FDA has been doing with uh, U.S. stem cell, your U.S. stem cell clinic.com in trying to obstruct the, the therapy. Yes, absolutely. So uh, most importantly, every single one of us has a fantastic healing ability inside our body. Um, and these are called stem cells. And the main purpose of these cells is to maintain and heal tissue uh, where they reside. So every day, every single minute of every day, your body is constantly turning over tissue. And that repair mechanism is uh, being controlled by the stem cells that exist inside your tissue. So if you did not have stem cells, you could only live for about an hour because your tissues would exhaust and there would be nothing there to repair it. Uh, so it's really a fantastic tool that's inside every single one of us. The power to heal exists inside of us. So what we do at our clinic, um, and we're located in South Florida, we have several actually facilities in Florida, uh, one of which in South Florida, uh, Middle Florida, and also in West Palm Beach. And what we do is we uh, harness the stem cells that happen to exist in high numbers inside our fat tissue and then relocate them where we might need them more. So, for example, if you have an issue inside your knee, we can inject stem cells directly into your knee to help uh, repair any tissue damage that may have occurred inside your joint. Um, so this is actually a relatively simple procedure. It's all done outpatient, meaning that you come in, you don't have to get general anesthesia at all. You remain awake during the entire procedure. We take a small sample of fat, and then we isolate the stem cells inside your fat and then relocate that uh, to where you need it the most. So some of our challenges lately have been that the federal government, in particular the Food and Drug Administration, uh, has said that they would like to deem the stem cells that exist, exist inside your body as a drug. And as such, they have asked us, to stop doing these procedures in clinic, helping patients to achieve healing using their own cells. And they have actually filed a lawsuit against us uh, saying that these cells inside of you are classified as a drug. And uh, we have decided to um, stand up to the federal government and tell them that we as individuals and as Americans are not a drug and that we have a right to utilize the cells that exist inside our own body to achieve healing and to achieve health. Well, what's the difference between the stem cells that are cultured from fat adipose tissue and, say, uh, cord blood or uh, bone marrow stem cells? What, what makes them so special? 
So once you isolate the stem cells from any tissue inside the body, they're actually fairly similar. Uh, the cells that are of most interest are referred to as mesenchymal stem cells. So uh, most scientists, if you gave them a dish of stem cells from bone marrow or from fat or from any other tissue, uh, whether it be cord blood or, or other, they would not necessarily be able to distinguish uh, the different sources of those stem cells. Um, now, with some extensive testing, you might be able to tell a few differences. Um, but once they're isolated, they're fairly similar. Now, the main difference is that the fat tissue has a significantly higher amount of stem cells than, say, for example, bone marrow. Um, also, when you tap someone's bone marrow, meaning when you drill into the bone and you take a sample of the bone marrow blood, uh, this actually tends to be very high in what are called white blood cells. And those are pro-inflammatory. They create inflammation versus when you take fat tissue, they tend to be very low in white blood cells and very high in stem cells. As a matter of fact, 500 times or more higher amounts of stem cells come from the fat tissue than from the bone marrow. So the main difference is that there were laws that predated some of the current laws oh, regarding... Me. Chris, uh -huh. Kristen? You just yes. cut out for minutes. It's happened occasionally on the show. Uh, you just cut out for about two seconds. If you could please okay. just back up about one or two sentences. Sure, sure. So, so the main difference between the bone marrow and the fat tissue is that there were laws that predate um, some of the current laws surrounding stem cell therapy, uh, and bone marrow was kind of pre-existing technology. We've actually been doing bone marrow transplantation since the 1930s, and this is actually a stem cell treatment. So it's uh, accepted in the medical community as, as something that is appropriate for, say, cancer patients. And so as a result, fat tissue came about kind of later, and uh, there's no kind of grandfathering in of fat tissue. Even though fat tissue is a superior source of stem cells, um, they weren't kind of grandfathered in. So the FDA is trying to regulate fat tissue stem cells differently than how bone marrow stem cells are regulated. And so it is our opinion that tissue that comes from your body uh, should be regulated more as a surgical procedure, which is how most uh, tissue out, tissue in is regulated. It's already regulated by the states and the medical boards. Um, so there is not really uh, a need to over-regulate this therapy and place it under the federal regulations because it's already heavily regulated by the medical board within the state. Oh, I gotcha. Um, and well, uh, if anyone would like to ask Kristen Camella of USstemcellclinic.com any questions or um, mention how it might have helped you, this therapy may have helped you, or uh, if you have any uh, questions about what kind of conditions it might benefit, you can reach us here for the next uh, 20 minutes or so at 727-441-3000, 727-441-3000, and toll-free 866-826-1340. That's 866-826-1340. And the show afterwards, after, right after the show, will be archived at theliberationstation.com. That's T-H-E, liberationstation.com. So, Kristen, you were mentioning that the this uh, tissue in and tissue out is is already regulated by state boards of medicine. Um, in this case, the Florida Board of Medicine. Um, would that be like if someone were to uh, take uh, have ozone therapy, where uh, they take a little bit of blood out, they ozonate it, then they reinfuse that same blood? Or are there any other therapies that? or similar, but not coming under the same kind of scrutiny you are. Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, a great example would be something called platelet-rich plasma. Uh, this is where yeah. you take a sample of blood and you isolate the yellow part of the blood or the serum, uh, which tends to be enriched in what are called platelets, which are existing in your blood. And then you can inject those, for example, into a joint uh, that is inflamed or problematic. Uh, so these are all done under the license of the practitioner in clinic. These are simple outpatient procedures uh, that can easily be performed. So there would be uh, really no reason for the Food and Drug Administration to regulate these kind of medical procedures. Now, just to give you an idea, uh, we address a variety of different indications in our clinic. I think there are a lot of practitioners worldwide 
who will utilize the stem cells inside a patient's body for orthopedic indications. Um, and uh, this would include anything from chronic situations like osteoarthritis to acute situations like maybe a torn meniscus. Um, but we also can address other indications. So essentially anything that involves damaged tissue. So take, for example, things like um, neurological conditions where you're going to have damage inside the brain. Uh, what we will do is apply the cells so that they can go directly into the brain to allow for healing of tissue or to create to create increased vascular supply with increased blood flow to the area, you can now promote more healing. Or we might address something systemic. Uh, so think uh, any issues with organs, things like heart, kidney, lungs, or even autoimmune type conditions where we want to essentially hit the reset button on the immune system. And I think that as humans, uh, especially here in America, we are exposed to a lot of different toxins. And so there is an opportunity for there to be damage inside our body. And as we age, uh, we are exposed to some of these different things that may cause damage inside the tissue. So by utilizing the stem cells to help repair damage in tissue, uh, we can help to improve the overall well-being and health of our patients. Well, inflammation certainly seems to be at the basis of a lot of disorders and uh, conditions. And, um, you know, you, your therapy, um, you can, uh, for for uh, withdrawing stem cells from, from fat tissue, you can anesthetize, unlike uh, bone with, withdrawing it from bone, where you can't anesthetize the bone. And I know someone who uh, was undergoing chemotherapy. He was a cancer patient. So it was very painful for him to have the, those stem cells withdrawn, and it was even more difficult yeah. for them to to culture them because he had such a low stem cell count. But they were successful in culturing them. Um, um, so that's that's one distinction. Uh, can you also let's back up a little bit uh, because you and I understand a, a little. I understand a little bit about stem cells. You understand a lot, um, and uh, your your background is up on the website at theliberationstation.com for the show page um, mm -hmm. so uh, folks can check out your your uh, your background and and um, your expertise though so, uh, what are stem cells I should have started with that question sure sure so stem cells are kind of the primitive cells that exist inside our body that are responsible for healing and maintaining tissue so at any given moment you've got stem cells hard at work uh, repairing any any time you you go about your day you're going to get little damages inside your tissue did you go for a walk well you got little tears inside your muscles um, so those stem cells that exist right below the muscle or below the basal lamina will come out and repair that muscle and this is happening in every single tissue inside your body and uh, you know you kind of mentioned before inflammation inflammation is actually what ages us and what causes um, really our, our uh, ultimate uh, death if you will um, so being able to keep your inflammation down is critical, and stem cells are responsible for creating this anti-inflammatory response. So whenever you are uh, introduced uh, or a toxin is introduced to you, the first response of the body is to create inflammation. The next response is your stem cells to go to that area to quiet down the inflammation and to promote healing and repair. So what we can do is really tap into this technology that exists inside your body. It's really kind of a fantastic technology that you've been giving, given, and it's just so simple uh, that we can relocate cells that are already happening inside your body. Oh, you just cut out for a few more seconds, and I hate for the listeners to lose anything that you had to say. Sure, sure. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, no, no worries. Uh, so basically the idea is that the technology to heal is fantastically inside you. Uh, so all we have to do is tap into that technology and relocate the cells that are laying kind of dormant in storage should you need them and put them into greater numbers where you might need them. All right. Well, uh, you know, we, we do make our own stem cells and uh, once somebody were to undergo your your um your therapy oh pardon me the the control room is saying that they haven't heard any cutting out so uh, maybe it's just on my end 
So uh, okay. <laughs> uh, th thanks for that control room. Uh, Vaughn was letting me know that uh, you're you're fine. So, well, okay, great. got a little. The audience probably got a refresher then. Well, good, um, good. so uh, you know, once somebody gets a, a stem cell treatment uh, therapy, uh, how do they prolong the the benefits? Uh, are there certain supplements they can take? I, I'm aware that uh, certain things like. Uh, lecithin and pre preferably uh, sunflower seed lecithin promotes proliferation of stem cells, uh, bovine colostrum, which is colostrum from cows, and preferably from a clean source like New Zealand, uh, where I get mine, or if you know the farmer, uh, unpasteurized colostrum uh, is a supplement that uh, I know 21st century is a brand that I prefer. Um, unfortunately, the last few years, uh, colostrum, bovine colostrum supplement makers have uh, started pasteurizing their colostrum, which destroys most of the benefits, I think, cause, well, it certainly causes a pro-inflammatory problem, uh, which, you know, when your body sees those those dead bacteria that were beneficial when they were alive, the, the dead bacteria will cause inflammation, which uh, is uh, another uh, conversation, but um, sure. these items um, I'm mentioning are, uh, I've heard of hyperbaric oxygen therapy. I'm not sure yeah. if that yeah. would help with um, with it or a mountain red deer velvet I've also heard. And I've just uh, started uh, before the show, barely had enough time to do some research on mountain red deer velvet. Or what do you think mm -hmm. of those or are there other items that will Yeah, help? so, you know, a couple things. And, and actually one of the kind of easiest hacks to increase your stem cells um, and something that I like to utilize for myself. Now, keep in mind, this is not necessarily for everyone, and um, certainly you can consult your own physician to figure out if this kind of uh, therapy or program would be great for you, uh, is intermittent fasting. So what I will often do is I will eat my last meal at, say, 6 or 7 p.m. That'll be my dinner. And then I won't eat my next meal until about 11 or 12 the next day. So this intermittent fasting can actually boost the number of stem cells in your system. And I think, you know, a lot of people will be surprised that they don't necessarily need that breakfast meal, if you will, uh, of the day and that they can prolong their fasting uh, more till midday. Um, and limit the amount of uh, time that they are eating food. So just by intermittent fasting, you can really stimulate your stem cells. Um, I also uh, regularly use a hyperbaric chamber, and this is typically low pressure. Um, so even uh, 1.3, uh, you know, you don't have to go to high, high-pressure chambers, say that they would have at a hospital, for example, for brain injury patients. Um, but even a low-pressure uh, chamber can help to stimulate and boost your stem cell production. Uh, another great hack that I love is infrared therapy. Um, I personally like to attend yoga classes that are in a hot yoga studio underneath infrared light. Uh, this has been shown to help stimulate your immune system um, and boost the amount of stem cells that you have. Um, and uh, something even easier than that, go outside midday in the direct sunlight for about 15 minutes. And while you're there, stand barefoot in the grass or the dirt and allow yourself to, quote, ground uh, into the earth. So the earth is actually slightly negatively charged. And uh, sometimes as we get exposed to, uh, for example, radiation or Wi-Fi or, you know, toxins, uh, we tend to become more positively charged. So just by grounding ourselves and bringing ourselves back negative, becoming one with the earth, or uh, literally hugging a tree because trees are negatively charged, you can help to balance uh, your cellular makeup. Um, every single cell inside our body has what's called an electron cloud associated with it. So uh, these are going to be a little bit happier if they're slightly negatively charged. This is why when you go for a walk on the beach or you go into the forest, you feel amazing. Um, and this has to do with bringing yourself grounded or more negatively charged. Um, you'll also notice the same effect when there is a lightning storm. Uh, so just before the storm or just after, uh, get outside and you will feel that energy, that negative charge, and it really helps to balance out the cells inside your body. I, I know what you mean. Those those negative electrons, the uh, free mm. um, electrons that that are uh, antioxidant scavengers, um, or pardon absolutely. me, uh, free free radical scavengers as being yes, antioxidants. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and you're talking about pranayama being able to draw the uh, energy from your environment and ultimately um 
as a practitioner of yoga, I understand it's from the stillness that's uh, or a lot of spiritual disciplines also call it the void, that's uh, an unlimited source of uh, what they say, zero point energy. We have the the spiritual techniques available to us that can far surpass any technology. So I want to encourage folks that yoga is, is a great uh, and other disciplines are, are a great way to heal yourself. And, and uh, yeah, um, <laughs> just uh, something I, I'm surprised that you're, you're um, revealing and um, I, I don't get into much on my show. <laughs> I, you're right. You're right. I came here to talk about stem cells. <laughs> no, no, that, that's I awesome. I shifted gears you know, from... and talked about yoga. <laughs> right. Well, as a uh, so you know, I, I think it all kind of plays hand in hand. You know, yeah. all of us want to achieve better health and happiness. I think that's, that's kind of the goal in life. You want to be happy. You want to be healthy. And without your health, you, you can't be happy and you can't help your family and friends. And so these are all just tools to achieve that health. Um, and, and, you know, I've dedicated my career to studying the body and the cellular health um, and helping patients relocate cells where, where they may be lying in storage and, and get them to where they need them the most. Um, we've seen some amazing things, and we've treated more than 10,000 patients at this, at this point. We've seen patients who are wheelchair-bound um, coming out of their chairs. So uh, just really kind of a fantastic tool to, to add into the mix. Uh, to help people achieve their health goals. Right, right. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm don't shy away normally of talking about these things that seem paranormal. They become more normal. Sometimes you have to expect a miracle. Other times I feel that the creator just says that, well, I'm going to prove to this skeptic, even if they don't have hopes, high hopes, that I'm going to prove that miracles exist and, and have them start to becoming curious about other things <laughs> so sure, yeah it's sure. just uh, there, there is this uh, field of energy that's always waiting to to flood in to help heal us but sometimes as you're you're helping promote uh we need the now i've found from experience uh that the the physical foundation the structure needs to uh be built up in order for the spiritual energy to be retained it seems like those who have better nutrition or better um foundation in their physical bodies can retain the healings or retain miracles uh for a longer lasting period whereas somebody you know uh, who isn't as well nourished will not uh, hold on to the energy as, as well it's you know after say maybe three days i've noticed that that uh, the energy might wear off uh in somebody who uh, isn't as well nourished or might be more lasting in, in somebody who is better nourished or or who who has better um well uh who, who has a better uh, physical uh state of being so but yeah as above sure. so and below yeah i mean we'll and right i uh, you know i would i was just gonna say you know i would encourage all of your listeners um, to keep in mind that they really have been given a, a magnificent gift. Our body is the most wonderful machine that has ever been made. Uh, take, for example, our heart. There is no other electronic device that can work for 100 years beating every single second without fail. Um, certainly not your iPhone. That'll be dead by Christmas because there'll be a new version out. Um, so, you know, just really kind of... Um, be so thankful for this magnificent machine that you've been given. And, uh, you know, at our clinic, we really help patients just utilize that machine and utilize the, the system that's inside and use the cells that are inside your machine to help you achieve the healing that you really need. All right. Well, what did, um, what did Trump pass? If, if you might be aware, since this seems to be a federal issue now with you and the FDA, um, your company, USDemCellClinic.com, uh, Trump authorizing the um, experimental uh, experimental treatments. Okay. Did he really do right that? Or, yeah. Or what's your uh, take so the on The recent that? legislation that just passed was called Right to Try. Um, and what this does is it allows for patients access to pharmaceutical drugs that are in clinical trials. So this would not necessarily relate to any of our therapies, because our therapies, um, you know, in our opinion, are considered surgical procedures. Um, so these are not, in our opinion, 
um, pharmaceutical drugs. So the way the bill currently reads is it would only allow access for patients to drugs that are already in the FDA system. Um, and because every individual has a different set of cells and it would be almost impossible uh, to characterize or shelf the cells that are inside every individual, um, it would be near impossible for any sort of uh, physician or medical practitioner to go through that process of gaining a drug approval. So if the federal government deems the stem cells inside your body as a pharmaceutical drug, it, it could essentially shut down this field. Um, so for me, that, that's actually a very scary place. And there are many countries throughout the world who have really embraced stem cell therapy and stem cell medicine, especially the stem cells inside yourself. These are referred to as autologous stem cells. And so what would happen if the federal government is successful uh, in their lawsuit against us is that it would force these patients to move offshore and they would have to leave the country to, to get these treatments. So what happens is it becomes a treatment only for the wealthy and those who are able to travel outside the country. Um, so in my opinion, that's really a violation of American rights and that we do have a right to utilize our own body. And so when the, the federal government first brought a lawsuit, and by the way, um, they did sue the company as well as me individually, um, so that the lawsuit reads the United States of America versus Kristen Camella, they offered prior to them filing it what was called a consent decree. And what that said is if you agree to sign this and not do these procedures anymore, then we will not file this lawsuit and we will go away. Um, and unfortunately, I, I just could not do that. I could not sign that, and I decided that this issue was bigger than me personally and that I had an obligation to stand up for the rights of the patients and the rights of Americans who could not have a voice. Um, so that's kind of where I am, um, and I, I, I do recognize that that's kind of a challenging battle, um, but it's, it's one that I'm willing to fight because I do have the strength, and, and again, it is my obligation. Great, doing the next right and the next honorable thing. Awesome. And you know, well, one more thing I wanted to mention before we go, um, there is hmm. a petition, and if your listeners could go to mycellsmychoice.org and sign the petition, that would be great help. Um, and the next thing that I would love to ask your uh, listeners for help on is if they could go to my personal Facebook page. It's an open page. It's Kristen Camella, comma, Ph.D., and uh, just send me a note that says keep fighting um, because every now and then um, I just uh, I could use the support. Great. Yes, uh, that's um, linked up that the, the liberationstation.com is uh, usstemcellclinic.com, and... Um, your Facebook page, uh, that's uh, facebook.com slash Camella, C-O-M-E-L-L-A dot stem dot cell. Is that the right one for folks to visit you at? Yes, that is. Yes. And if they search my name, Kristen Camella, they'll also find the open page. All right. And um, also, uh, when it comes to mitochondrial function, uh, are there things that we can take to help uh, mitochondrial, mitochondrial function, which are, you know, mitochondria are the powerhouses in our cell, in each one of our cells that give our, mm -hmm. give us the energy, give the cells the energy to work. Uh, when that's impaired, then you feel low energy. But it also helps with stem cells, doesn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, there's a lot of little biohacks, if you will, um, to increase, increase your mitochondrial function. Uh, again, those are the powerhouses of the cells. Um, and I post uh, little uh, tips and things that you can do on my Facebook all the time to improve your cellular health uh, as well as your overall health. Because if your cells are happy, you're happy. Um, so people are welcome to go check out my Facebook page. I'm always posting tips on there. Great. So folks can, um, in, until they can get one of your treatments, they can stimulate their own natural stem cells. Well, in the last few minutes here with you. Uh, if anyone would like to reach us, the number is 866-826-1340, toll free, 866-826-1340, and local in Pinellas County, 727-441-3000. That's 727-441-3000. 
You can also join us in the chat room and stay anonymous if you don't want to set up an account to join the chat room. If you had something, have something to add here uh, on the show, uh, I'll read it or uh, Kristen can read it. TheLiberationStation.com is the site. And then just click on the listen slash archives page. And that'll bring you to the page that you can listen as well as join in, in the chat room. All the listening options are there if you'd like to tune in through the TuneIn app application for your mobile device, or just go to the uh, the players built in there on the same page as the chat room is. Now, um, I know that uh, there are uh, there's a University of uh, uh, California at Berkeley uh, study that uh, showing that uh, rats were given um, alpha lipoic acid and uh, acetyl L-carnitine. Um, I believe that was the the, the two the combination. Um, uh, th these two supplements that uh, help mitochondrial function. Would, would you have any comment on that, Kristen? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of different supplements that can be taken to help improve your overall function and your health. Um, I think it's important to uh, speak first with your practitioner to try and figure out which um, supplements are going to be best for you um, because it's not one size fits all. And I would be cautious to uh, look at, for example, an animal study or, you know, study done on rats and directly translate that to humans. So um, I tend to be a little bit more of a minimalist or a purist when it comes to my supplements. Um, and I also base it a little bit on, you know, what's going on. Uh, in the day or, you know, if I've been exposed to certain toxins, I might take a more or less of a certain uh, supplement to help combat that. Um, you know, one of the most challenging things that, that I happen to do a lot is uh, travel. So when you travel, you have to fly in an airplane, you're exposed to quite a bit of radiation. Um, so, you know, one of the easiest things you can do is what I mentioned before is, is grounding. Um, so to help bring your, your cellular makeup back down to more of a negative um, type charge um, and you know certainly that's an inexpensive and easy way uh, to keep yourself um, healthy yeah and I know a lot of folks think negative well what is what's that all well, you're referring to the <laughs> ion, the, ion. The yeah positive. negative ions yeah. correct yeah <laughs> negative ions electron. are positive yeah, yeah. Exactly. They're <laughs> beneficial. You know, yes. but when you look at the antioxidant quality of something like on the oxidative reduction potential, if you, you have a, a you can buy a meter that measures ORP oxidative reduction potential. Sure. Yeah. Um, so here's another quick, quick, easy uh, hack for your listeners. Uh, when you find yourself feeling stressed out, what tends to happen, and, and, you know, everyone's kind of experienced this where they get the elevated heart rate or maybe shortness of breath or tightening in the chest, and you can kind of feel the stress. Um, so on a physiological level, what's happening is your cortisol levels are increasing, and cortisol is your stress hormone. And so sometimes when we, we get under stress and, uh, you know, something uh, like that fight or flight mode is kind of kicking in, your cortisol levels will go up. So one way to instantly drop your cortisol levels is to bend over and touch your toes, forward fold, if you will. Um, and this will instantly drop your cortisol levels. So the next time you're fighting with your spouse and you feel yourself getting that fight or flight cortisol um, kind of surge, all you have to do is bend over and touch your toes. And if you bend over and touch your toes right in the middle of a fight with your spouse, they'll stop fighting with you because at the very least they'll think you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. Yeah, that, that's great. And, uh, you know, yoga is uh, often very simple like that. And um, yes, you know, one yes. thing I, I encourage folks to, to do, and it's served me well for the last 25 years, is to maintain focus on your third eye as much as possible. And uh, tune in, and mm -hmm. you might notice, yeah, you, you might, you'll notice just pay attention to your intuition and practice and uh you that's the the foundational thing and uh to very phenomenal awesome loving experiences is is uh if i can give one piece of advice that served me well foundationally to focus on your third eye and i picked that up from paramansi yogananda who popularized create 
popularized yes. yoga uh, in the late 1800s, 1900s. There was there were several yogis who came over. Well, he was on the t- trail end of that, who brought uh, Kriya Yoga, his form of yoga, over, and he over from India. Um, and he says that well, you don't need to follow my techniques if you just can maintain focus on your third eye constantly. So I well, I, I figured we'll make life a meditation in the last 25 years. That's worked very well for me, and I don't have the time to explain how very well it has, but if you're going to start doing yoga, um, I would just say start with that, and uh, you can get into other things and do it throughout the day. Just keep focus on your third eye. You don't have to go cross-eyed. Just just notice that spot in your eye. Just uh, know that it's it's a an amazing uh, portal to to watch to keep a watch on the universe and within and without within your body and without and uh, when you observe lovingly with compassion without any condemnation that way then you can change things for the better <laughs> I'll just leave it there but um, I'll <laughs> yes. stop stop right there and since you mentioned uh, things to to uh, deal with uh with uh things in your fat you know this is mm-hmm. these this the subject being uh, stem cells withdrawn from your fat how important mm-hmm. is it to uh detoxify because so many toxins are stored in our fat as, yep. if you're so, gonna, um, as, is, is that important to do before somebody say comes in for your therapy yeah so uh, detoxifying is always important not necessarily before therapy because when we isolate the fat what we do is separate the stem cells from your fat cells so your toxins are stored in the fat cells so when we inject samples back in we've actually removed the fat cells so any of those toxins that are present are gone but i can almost tell you exactly what is going on with someone just by looking at their fat tissues. So just to give you a few examples, if someone is smoking a lot of cigarettes, uh, their fat tissue will actually be uh, colored gray, more tinged gray. Um, So, you know, all of those toxins are going into the fat. If somebody is eating a ketogenic or more paleo style um, and not a lot of grains, their fat is going to be kind of sticky um, and almost thick. If somebody's eating a lot of grains and they're eating, uh, for example, you know, a lot of bread or pasta, uh, their fat is going to be real fluffy and buttery. So you can actually tell quite a bit about a person just based on their fat tissue. We don't necessarily require anyone to uh, change their lifestyle prior to coming in, um, and mostly because we're separating out all those fat cells that would have the toxins, and we're only keeping their stem cells. Um, now, I will say this. Um, somebody who tends to be healthier... Um, and have less fat cells in storage, meaning they're needing to store less toxins. Because when you're, when you're holding on to a lot of fat, it means that your body is being exposed to a lot of toxins. So your body can't process all of those toxins. So what does it do? It creates fat cells and it stores those. So when we uh, have a patient that's holding on to a lot of fat, meaning that they're being exposed to a lot of toxins, uh, what we find is that in a uh, equivalent volume, they're going to have a lot less stem cells in an equivalent volume than somebody who is not holding on to a lot of toxins or holding on to a lot of fat. Um, and this is kind of across the board. Now, just because someone is thinner doesn't necessarily mean that they are less toxic. You can still be thin um, and still leading kind of a toxic lifestyle. So, um, you know, I would be cautious. Uh, in thinking like, well, they're thin, so they must be healthy. That's not necessarily the case. Right. As uh, we mentioned on the show in the past, some things for detoxification, so many environmental factors cause most of us to be toxic, as most physicians will say, when uh, mm-hmm. they do a, a test, a toxic, uh, toxicology test on uh, blood, hair, nails, or urine, or uh, fecal samples, they find that 99, from the ones I've heard, say 99 plus percent of folks are way above par when it comes to toxins, except for those who are mm-hmm. on a good detox regimen and uh, often they're doing wheatgrass juice 
I hear often, but um, there's so many other things that can be done. And on uh, the website at theliberationstation.com, we have a detox blog. If you just go over to blogs, click on that, or hover your mouse cursor over blogs, and then there's a detox blog with a, a long list of items, uh, some of which we've covered in the past, a few of which we've covered on this show in the last uh, 45 minutes or 40 minutes here with you, Kristen. Um, just one more sure. question, and uh, then if you'd like to sure. add anything in finishing. Um, other conditions that can be uh, helpful that can be uh, helped to uh, help that can be alleviated by uh, it's either fully or partially say um, that might sound too good to be true like uh, I've heard you mention in other interviews uh, with uh, mm -hmm. Dr. Joseph Mercola spinal cord regeneration um, mm -hmm. and there's, we have a list of supplements under the neurogenesis blog on the website um, the items that'll help promote the growth of nervous tissue, including brain cells. Uh, mm -hmm. But um, can your therapy, your stem cell therapy help with neurogenesis, uh, spinal cord regeneration? I mean, that's very interesting to me because my mom was a paraplegic sure. and I, I know that there were some therapies similar to this uh, when she was alive. But, um, uh, you know, what can you tell us that uh, what have you seen in, in your practice uh, when, when it comes to neurogenesis or or any other condition, whether it's neurological or not? Yep. So I would say that the most common indication that we treat is orthopedics, and the second most common is neurological conditions. The neurological conditions can be anything from spinal cord injuries to um, brain diseases and or injuries. Um, so the thing that's in common for almost all of these conditions is inflammation and tissue damage. Stem cells help to reduce inflammation and help to repair tissue damage. Um, so this is why there's this kind of promise associated with regenerative medicine and stem cell therapy, uh, because it can help uh, essentially any kind of damaged type tissue. Um, so we have probably treated more indications than any clinic in the world. We've treated more patients than any clinic in the world. Uh, we've been doing these therapies since 2001. Um, in my lifetime, stem cell therapy and regenerative medicine will become standard practice. Um, so it's just a matter of time before this begins to get integrated into every um, hospital, medical clinic, et cetera. And many other countries have embraced this faster than the United States has. And I do think that this is just a matter of time before um, all patients will begin to consider regenerative medicine and stem cell therapy as an option for their condition. Only a matter of time. That's that's hopeful to hear. Well, I, I want uh, you to just uh, finish up and in, in, uh, encouraging folks once again uh, how folks can contact you and support you in combating the FDA's um, obstacles to your practice? Yes, absolutely. So uh, please visit our clinic website. It's usstemcellclinic.com. Um, they can visit me on Facebook. I do have an open page. Um, so I think the link is on your, your site. But also if they just type my name, it's Kristen with an I, last name, Camella, comma, PhD. They'll find my open page and they can send me a note there. Uh, even just a few words of encouragement uh, is always greatly appreciated. And then lastly, um, please go to mycellsmychoice.org and sign the petition to let your uh, government officials in your area know uh, that you want to have the choice to utilize your own cells inside your body, and this is not something that should be owned by the government. Very good, Kristen. Well, I appreciate what you're doing and your innovation and uh, helping being a pioneer. I hope to uh, have you back on the show sometime. Thanks for joining Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And thanks to all your listeners. All right. Well, that was Kristen Camilla. And uh, she's, uh, again, usstemcellclinic.com, which we do have linked up. But we do not have yet linked up mycellsmychoice.org. But we will soon after the show. That's mycellsmychoice.org. And uh, check out the petition there. Sign it and support uh, this innovative therapy. Um, it looks very promising. So uh, uh, I, I, as any pioneering <clears throat> research, it's, there are studies out there. Um, National Institutes of Health PubMed has some on uh, her website. She has linked to on her website as well. So um, uh, it's going to take me some more time to review. But um, 
we'll stick with it because this looks very interesting. Now uh, let's move on to Dr. Brian Hooker, who is a epidemiologist uh, serving as a board member and science advisor for focusforhealth.org and he's in, uh, on the board of directors for the World Mercury Project. He's featured prominently because he made the documentary called Vats from Cover-Up to Catastrophe Possible at vaxthemovie.com. Very touching movie. I had a chance to see it in 2016, and it covers the exposing of uh, the connection between uh, black infants given the CDC recommended schedule of vaccines um, when they're given their recommended schedule, they're uh, 2.36 times more likely to develop autism. So without further ado, Brian Hooker, thank you for joining us here. Well, thank you, Chris. It's an honor to be on your show. I, I really appreciate you having me, and I am uh, ready and raring to talk. Thanks. Well, we have the next uh, over an hour now to talk, and I hope that um, we can spend a lot of time painting the picture that uh, you laid out and, and uh, that was laid out with your phone calls. <laughs> For example, uh, with Dr. William Thompson, I'll, I'll let you start. Uh, tell us what uh, the movie Vaxxed from Cover-Up to Catastrophe is about. Well, the, uh, the movie Vaxxed is about my relationship with a whistleblower from the Centers for Disease Control, his name is Dr. William Thompson, and uh, Dr. Thompson and I had probably more than 40 uh, phone conversations in 2013 and 2014. We exchanged hundreds of emails. He sent me uh, tens of thousands of pages of documents, and it all centered around the CDC's collusion to cover up the relationship between vaccines and neurodevelopmental disorders, including autism. I, I want to talk more broadly about all neurodevelopmental disorders in children because I, I think there are strong connections there. And one of the things that the CDC does is limit their discussion to autism, which is, which is one neurodevelopmental disorder. It's certainly a prevalent neurodevelopmental disorder, but there are others and there are other relationships outside of the relationship between vaccines and autism. Now, um, I had, uh, been involved in this issue, this, the issue of vaccine safety, and primarily the issue uh, regarding vaccines causing neurodevelopmental disorders because of my own son. My son, Stephen, was born in 1998. Uh, he was injured by his infant vaccines, most notably his, the vaccines that he received when he was 15 months old and then regressed into autism spectrum disorder and full-blown autism and, and received a diagnosis very, very quickly after his vaccine injury. He was diagnosed at 18 months with full-blown autism and to this day has uh, very severe autism. He is nonverbal. He is now 20 years old. And, you know, we're still dealing with a lot of comorbidities. He is, uh, like I said, he's very severe. We've had a, a lot of victories along the way, which, you know, I'm willing to talk to, uh, talk about a little bit later. Uh, but uh, that's what got me started in this journey. And, and when the CDC started to publish results that um, they claimed uh, were showing no relationship between vaccines and autism spectrum disorder and vaccines and the autism epidemic starting in 2001 and 2002, then I was very suspect and I, and I reviewed the information uh, starting that early in 2001-2002 and lo and behold, my point of contact back at that, at that point in time was one Dr. William Thompson. He was a epidemiologist in the immunization safety office at CDC, and I was interfacing with him as a scientist. I, I have a PhD in biochemical engineering, and I've done a lot of statistics and epidemiology, and I was interfacing uh, with him as a scientist, just as I would any other scientist. And lo and behold, uh, Dr. Thompson did not like my questions back then. And uh, around 2004, the CDC and Dr. Thompson cut off all communication with me. They actually sent a letter to my attorney 
in 2004 saying that they would no longer contact me because my son was participating in a national vaccine injury compensation program. And this is their words, the words of their attorney. And and she said in the letter that, in effect, I was suing the CDC. And, of course, my, my lawyer and I, uh, back in 2004, had a big laugh about it. You know, the, the national vaccine injury compensation program is a no-fault program. We were suing nobody. Uh, we were just claiming that my son received an injury from infant vaccines. And uh, the CDC came back, you know, we responded. The CDC then came back and said, well, that's fine. You know, Dr. Hooker can contact anybody he wants to in the CDC. We're just, uh, we're just choosing not to contact him. So at that point, my only recourse back in 2004 was to submit Freedom of Information Act requests. But lo and behold, in the background, all of, all of those years between 2004 and then 2013, Dr. Thompson, his conscience was working on him, and he was uh, seeing much. He was recording much. He was keeping a lot of information uh, through this point and, you know, through this uh, duration of time. And then in November 2013, out of the blue, he, he called me. He, he had kept my cell phone number, and he called me out of the blue. And we initiated, um, actually after trading voicemails and emails, uh, we initiated uh, phone contact and and then started up these conversations. And lo and behold, what he what he shared with me was really really alarming. Well, it is alarming, and it's uh, surprising that he would contact you, fellow CDC scientist researcher, and that he's also still at the CDC under whistleblower status. But we'll pick up the conversation here with. Dr. Brian Hooker with us here on the Liberation Station after these short messages, so please stay tuned. Should we? 